Thanks for worshiping with us today. We hope that you enjoyed worship and that God's presence is right there in the room wherever you're watching this weekend. We want to thank you for continuing to give and support this ministry. Your generosity allows us to keep sending out these videos and all of the different things that you see on social media. Your generosity helps us to reach people around the globe with the unchanging, unconditional message of God's love. Now, get your communion ready, get your notepad ready, because Bishop Quentin has a word specifically for you this weekend. Man, can you believe all the things we're listening to? Every time I turn around, there's another thing going on. There's a thing going on over here. There's a thing going on over there. Somebody else is giving another news conference. This thing has started. This thing has stopped. It's interesting to me, with all of us staying at home and nothing happening, there's more things happening than's ever happened before. I'm a little overloaded with all the things. And, And new things, old things, just things. So it got me to thinking. Uh, about things. Paul says in Romans chapter 8, verse 31, what shall we say to all of these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Things, just things. I'm just tired of all these things that are happening. Things, that object that we don't even need to name. Maybe we can't name it. Or maybe we don't even want to give it a name. You know, just that thing. And everybody knows what that thing is. That thing that they keep telling us is happening, you know, that thing, that, that's the one I'm talking about. And, and, and Paul knew a lot about things, right? There were a lot of things that he knew about, things that had happened to him. I mean, if you read the letter he writes to Corinthians, he says, in labors more abundant, in stripes beyond anybody else, in prisons more frequently, in deaths often, I, I, in often deaths. Uh, I, I received 40 stripes minus one. Uh, three times I was beaten with a rod. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I had to stay out of the boat. A night and a day I was in the deep, in perils of waters and robbers, of my own countrymen, in the city, in the wilderness, in the sea, perils with the lies they told about me, in weariness and sleeplessness, hunger and thirst and fasting, cold and nakedness, and besides other things. Paul knew something about a thing. He, he, he knew a thing or two about just things. I mean, are you kidding me? And here Paul is writing to the Romans and he asks them a couple of questions. What shall we say about these things? And then he asks another question. If God is for us, who can be against us? You see, I actually think that what's more important than the things that are going on around us is what we say about those things, how we respond to those things. Too many people right now are distracted or invested in the things and they're not thinking about how they're responding to them and I want to say to you the way we respond to these things is more important than the things themselves that are going on in fact just listening to those things can drain you of life and drain you of energy what are we saying if God be for us what do we say about all these things see life and death are on the power of the tongue not the thing It's not the thing that's controlling our lives. It's what we're saying about that thing that will determine whether it's life or death to us. So what shall we say to all of these things? If God be for us, big if, right? We're all struggling with if, if. If this thing or that thing had or had not happened to me, I'd be rich and famous. If I had done that thing or if I had done that thing, I mean, all those imagined things about what shoulda, coulda, mighta, or ought to have been, that things are always troubling us. 
I mean, if I think back in the scriptures, Herod heard those things and he was troubled. It makes me wonder what he heard. Well, he heard that Christ was born and he, he was troubled about it, right? Or Jesus looks at Martha and says, Martha, you are troubled about many things, but Mary has chosen the best. The question is today is whether or not you'll choose what Martha chose to do, which was to be worried about all these things, or whether you choose what Mary chose and sit at the feet of Christ during these things. All this stuff going on, and yet we can't seem to figure out how to respond to these things. The question that I think Paul is asking is, how are you going to respond? What are you going to say to all these things that have and are and probably are yet to happen in our world right now? Just a couple of verses before this, Paul had said to them, all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Paul knew that all these things would ultimately shape and reshape and be good for him. He wasn't shook by the things that happened to him, whether he was shipwrecked, whether he was beaten by the stripes. It didn't matter. He said, all those things, God's going to make them be good for me and for you. So if God be for us, who then can be against us? Ten little words. Ten little words that I think today, if you'd learned them, they might absolutely help you navigate through these things, these times, these troubles, these trials, these new things that are happening in our world. All things work together for the good. I mean, John wrote that all things were made by him. And I believe that. All things were made by him. There's nothing that's been made that he didn't make. And so God knows how to take these things that are happening and put them together and cause them to work out for us in a way that we have never imagined. But your speech, my speech, your words, my words, see, they reveal who or what we have faith in. Have faith in God and talk to that mountain. Instead of letting that mountain talk to you, instead of that thing speaking to you and determining how you feel, talk back to that thing. Talk back to that mountain. I mean, when the giant runs at David, David talks back to the giant. See, what we say reveals our heart. What we say, how we respond to things, reveals and determines what is in abundance down on the inside of us. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things yet seen. See, our, our faith is revealed by those things that we hope for, by those things that we see that are not about this. It's so interesting to me, if I read the Old Testament, there are several moments when things stop the forward progress. I mean, go in and possess the promised land. Go ahead, go get them. And they say, yeah, but we see giants. And when we see the giants, we see ourselves. In other words, they allowed the things they saw to determine how they saw themselves. It wasn't that the giant was so big, it's they measured themselves against those things. Even today, we're measuring ourselves over and against this thing called a virus. We're measuring ourselves over and against this challenge that is in our life. And we're not supposed to be measuring ourselves according to the things we can see. We're supposed to be looking at ourselves by the things that are on the inside, because greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. The, the things that we see so oftentimes can determine what we say. And we spend more time reporting about those things than we do about declaring the good news of the Christ that's on the inside of us. Or there's that servant of Elisha steps out and goes, oh my God, look at the enemy, look how bad it is. 
And he steps back into Elisha. And he goes, look, 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 look. And Elisha goes, stop, stop. Open my servant's eyes that he might see that there is more for him than there are against him. See, what we choose to focus on, what we choose to look at, what we choose to pay attention to, determines so many times the way we see ourselves. And the way we see ourselves determines what we say, and what we say determines life or death for us. Not the thing, but the way we respond to the thing. If God be for us, who then can be against us? If, if, if that's, that's the big question. Most people aren't sure whether or not God's for them. In fact, there's all kinds of religious people thinking that maybe God's doing this to us. Maybe God's established this thing to make it happen. If God is for us, who can be against us? If becomes the real question. The writer of Hebrews says that if we have faith, we must believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. God is. God is. David helped us with this a long time ago. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my light. The Lord is my salvation. The Lord is my shield, my lifter, my glory. The Lord is my felt need. I love Psalm 118. It says, the Lord is on my side I will not fear what the world can do to me. If we know that the Lord is for us, He's working for us. He's working on our behalf. He's taking all the things that happen and causing them to be in some way, in some shape, in some form, things that work for our benefit and not against us. If the Lord is for us, that's the question, if. Do do we really believe the if that He is for us? If we believe that he is, we would boldly come to the house of the Lord so that we could boldly say, the Lord is my helper, Hebrews 13, 6. The Lord is my helper. And in my time of need, I come into the throne of grace and I receive help. Or we can let these things slow us down and we refuse to see that the Lord is. We need to hear Paul asking us the question, is God for you? So you determine that. You determine whether or not you believe that the Lord is your shepherd, your salvation, your light, your shield, your glory. Whatever it is, the I am that I am, I will be whatever you will allow me to be in your life. It's interesting, God will never be able to reveal himself to you in a way that you don't believe that he is. He is. He is the rewarder. He is your help. He is with us in this time of need. Because in this world, there'll be tribulations. There'll be things. There'll be trials. There'll, there'll be all that stuff. But be of good cheer, for I've overcome it. And if I've overcome it, you will overcome it. The Lord is. The Lord is. For the Lord is for you and not against you. It, he goes on in Hebrews 13, and he says, God himself said, I will not in any way fail you nor give you up. I will not, I will not leave you nor forsake you. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless, forsake you, let you down, or relax my hold on you. Listen, God is for us. The the, the, the resounding declaration, what shall we say to all these things? If God be for us, who then can be against us? Think about if, 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 if. Jesus looks at the woman and said, if you knew the gift of God, And who it is that speaks to you, you would ask of me and I would give you a drink. If you knew, if if you only knew, people perish for the lack of knowing. They know all about him. They've read the book and they know all about him. And they've arrived at all these superstitious mythological ideas about who God is. And they've never listened to who God says he is. I am love. I am good. I am working all things together. If you just knew, 
he says to the woman you would ask. Or, or then he makes this statement, if you would believe, all things would be possible. If, if you knew, and if you would believe, if you have faith as the size of a mustard seed, you would say to that thing and it would move. If you knew, if you believe, if you have faith, if two of you agree, Good heavens, maybe that's what's really happening in the world is we're getting all this disagreement. I, I, I'm so tired of 60 years of listening to it, everybody giving their idea here, their opinion here. Listen, the Bible is very clear. Jesus is very clear. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Jesus went around doing good and healing all. Could we just agree that God is who he says he is? He is the one that rewards, sustains, created, upholds, works all things together for our good. If you knew, if you would believe, if you would have faith, if you could just agree. Or how about this one? If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord. What shall we say to all these things? Jesus is Lord. Jesus, this is his kingdom, heaven and earth, and it manifests I believe we're getting so distracted by the things that we're forgetting who he says he is and who he says he will be in you and I's life. It's a great question. Who do you say that I am? Who, who do you say that I am? I know who I am. But now who do you say that I am? Until you agree that I am who I say I am, then who I am will never be. If, that's a big question. If God be for us, who would be against us? If you knew, if you believe, if you have faith, if you agree, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Maybe we ought to start confessing. Maybe we ought to practice Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord over today, tomorrow, yesterday. Jesus is Lord over America today. Jesus is Lord over this thing that's taking place. Jesus is Lord. I don't care whether there is a virus or isn't a virus. I don't care whether there's traffic or not traffic. I, I, I don't care what thing is now being announced about what thing we're going to reopen. Can I tell you, heaven is not closed. It never will be closed. Jesus didn't pay attention to the stay-at-home order. Jesus left heaven and came here. And it was not very good for him. At the end of the day, we killed him. I mean, hear me. Heaven is not closed. Heaven is open. And maybe we ought to start confessing that Jesus is Lord and that he's here now to work in our lives on our benefit and our heavens. What shall we say to all these things? If God is for me, who, who, who? If God is on my side, I will not fear what man or virus or anything else can do to me. You see, our conversation will determine the level of confidence that we have. If we go around trying to second guess, well, what if this, what if that, well, maybe the president should have known before, maybe they ought to do it this way. Maybe. Listen, let's have our conversation seasoned with the grace of the Lord, God Almighty, and let's speak life and not death. Let's see, speak hope and not fear. If we do, could I just suggest to us our confidence level will come up? And when your confidence level comes up, your courage comes up. And if your courage comes up, you're probably going to conquer this thing that we're facing. If God be for us, who then can be against us? The, the Bible says that a man has joy by the answer of his mouth. Have you noticed how weary and joyless people are? Have you noticed how difficult it is for them to laugh? Have you noticed? No one's heard any good jokes recently. Uh, come on. A man has joy by the answer of his mouth, not by the things that are or are not happening in our World. God will satisfy your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Maybe we ought to fill our mouth with good things. If God be for us, who then can be against us? What shall we say? That's the question is, what are we saying? 
Uh, there's too many people out there, including the body of Christ, saying all the wrong things, asking all the wrong questions. They're forgetting that he is the God that created, sustains, is coming again for us. Keep reading in Romans 8, verse 31. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us, how shall he not with him freely give us all, all things? Could I just suggest to us that if he gave his only begotten son, then everything, if you seek the kingdom of God, all these things will be added unto us. Instead of worrying about these things out here, maybe we ought to understand that we focus on Jesus, everything is under our feet, that we don't need to worry. Uh, who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died, furthermore, has risen, furthermore, furthermore. Do, do we understand? He, he, he rose from the dead. He, he defeated death. We don't need to be in fear of death. He conquered death. He over, that is the message of Christianity. Not three steps to how to get rich. Not four steps how to have a great marriage. All these steps we've been teaching for the last 50 years are worthless in the face of death. The only thing you have in the face of death is that Christ conquered death. He has risen from the dead and he's at the right hand of God the Father and he's making intercession for us. He ever lives to pray for us. Verse 35, who can separate us? From the love of God. We walked out, but he chased after us. Who can separate us from this love? The tribulation, the distress, the persecution, the famine, the nakedness, the peril of the sword? No, no, no. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. The, uh, 1 Corinthians 13 says he bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. That God's love never fails. God's love is not going to fail us in 2020. God's love is not going to fail us in 2021. God's love didn't fail you yesterday. God's love didn't fail you today. God loves you. Nothing can separate. Nothing, none of these things can separate us from the love of God unless we allow them to. Unless we begin to think of those things as though they have more power in our lives than God himself. Listen, those things are not more powerful than God. He, he, he goes on. Yet in all of these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. In the midst of these things, we're more than conquerors. We're more than victorious. We are greater than all these things. We're going to overcome all these things nor any created thing shall be able to separate us. There's nothing out there. Well, Paul goes, we do not look at the things that are seen, but at the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are temporary, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Or I like what he writes to the Philippians. One thing I do, I forget those things. Or, or how about the prophet of Isaiah when he says, don't remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I do a new thing. If there's a lot of things going on, then there must be a new thing that God is doing. What shall we say to these things? If God be for us in the old and in the new and in the present, then who can be against us? The prophet Jeremiah, the, the prophet that spoke of the demise of, of Israel, the, the prophet that, that was lamenting in his lamentations in chapter 3, verse 21, he said, but there's one other thing I remember. And in remembering it, I keep a grip on hope that God's love could never, has never, and will never run out, that his mercies endure forever. They are created fresh every morning. And then he says that great line, how great is thy faithfulness, how great. Listen, we don't have to be worried about things because we know that God is faithful, even in the midst of these things. The prophet said, 
I remember something and I'll keep remembering that thing and I'll keep a grip upon it that God fed us in the wilderness, that he watered us in the wilderness, that, that, that he brought us into the promised land, that, that he, he, we had fresh food every morning, that God is faithful. And the psalmist says, when I wake up, I'm still with you. Listen, don't worry about the things of yesterday or the things of tomorrow. We need to recognize that even though we walk through certain things, God is still with us. That today, He has created everything we need for life and health. My dad. My dad was a carpenter. He was a craftsman, actually. And I can remember standing with him all the time I was growing up. And he said, son, if you have the right tools, you can build anything. If you have the right tools, you can do anything. And he said, make sure you take care of the tools. Make sure you put them away. Make sure you put them in place. Make sure you know where they're at. And you keep them. Dad had a Yankee screwdriver. He didn't have a power drill. He had one of those Yankee screw. Some of you don't even know. Uh, had a Yankee screwdriver. He had mortises and bits. He, he had wood planes. He didn't have a power. He had to push it by hand. I, I, I remember right after I really gave my heart to the Lord. A dear, dear friend of mine gave me a Bible. He gave me a Bible, and that the tool of the Bible. See, if you have the right tools, you can construct and build anything. If you have the right words, if you speak the right words, you have life. But if you respond to the things with the wrong things, let me tell you, then this thing that's going on... Listen, we need to understand, you, you don't use a, uh, a chisel as a screwdriver. You don't, you don't use certain words at the wrong time. You, you have to, what shall we say to these things? It is so vital at this moment that we speak the right things. It is so vital that we listen to the question that Paul is asking. If God is for us, if you know that God is for us, who then, who then, what thing could be against you? And I, I realize that this, this is easier to preach than it is to live. But you have to hear this, Paul, when he says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there be anything of virtue, anything of praise, meditate on these things. And the things which you have learned, received, and heard, and saw in me, do those things, and the peace of God will be with you. Wow. You see, whatever you choose to focus on, whatever things have your attention. Uh, and he said, listen, focus on the good things, the true things, the noble things. The up. In the midst of all these things, cut through all of that and see that God is behind certain things. See that God is working in those things. That's why in the 13th verse, he says these wonderful words. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things. If God be for us, who can be against us? Ten words. Ten words that you ought to learn. Ten words you ought to meditate. It's a question you ought to ask yourself every morning when you get up. If God be for me, who then can be against me? 
And the response to that is, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Ten more words. You take those ten words and those ten words. You ask yourself this question. If God be for me, who can be against me? And my answer to that is, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. These ten words and these ten words will change your life. It's the real question today. The real question today is, do you know that He's for you? The real question today is that if you know He's for you, then you need to understand He's working in you. And that you can do all things. Then in the face of this thing that's got everybody's attention... You need to understand that He is working in you to live through the midst of these things, to accomplish in this moment greater things than we've ever imagined. The real question is, what is going to come out of our heart and through our lips? What are we going to speak in response to these things? We can either speak encouragement and hope, or we can speak dread and fear. Choose this day what you will say. Choose this day whether you'll speak life or speak death. I spent most of my life talking about the words that come out of our mouth. If we believe and then speak, we'll be saved. And that word saved is not merely I get to go to heaven. It's the word healing and it's the word completedness. It's the word wholeness. It's the word peace. It's all of that. So my question today is, what shall we say to all these things? Well, If God be for us, who then can be against us? The answer is no one. The answer is nothing. The answer is if God is on my side, whom shall I fear? And of what shall I be afraid? Listen, God is for you. He's for you right now. He's for you. I don't care what things are spinning in your world. God is for you. And if he's for you, and if he did not withhold his son from you, he's going to take care of it. He's going to take care of it. He's going to handle it. Can I pray for you for just a minute? Lord, I pray that all the things that swirl through our mind, all the questions, all those temptations to doubt and wonder, I pray that the peace of God would squelch that. I pray that right now we would be encouraged by the words of Paul, the man who experienced lots of things, and yet he never lost hope, he never lost sight, He never stopped speaking about the goodness and the grace and the mercy of God. I pray today that everyone would begin to speak the goodness, the grace, the power, the greatness of God in the midst of this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. Every week we come back to this moment and we are a Eucharistic people. And by that I simply mean that we break bread together and we pour the wine together and we share in the salvation that came through Jesus Christ. So I want to invite you right there where you're at, whatever you've brought together, whatever bread or cracker and drink you have there, to join with us this morning as we remember the death, the burial, and the resurrection. It is right and good and joyful everywhere and always to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and you breathed into us the breath of life. 
And when we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast and true. You delivered us out of captivity. You made a covenant to be our sovereign God. You spoke to us through your prophets. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join in that unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ. Your spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives, the recovery of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those who were oppressed, and to announce that the time had come when you would save your people. Jesus healed the sick. He fed the hungry. He ate with sinners. And through the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, Jesus gave birth to the church, delivering us from slavery of sin and death and made us a new covenant by the water and by the Spirit. And when Jesus had ascended, He promised to be with us and gather us together through the Word and through the Spirit. On the night that He was betrayed, Jesus took bread and He gave thanks. He broke it and He gave it to His disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body broken for you. As often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. After supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks. And he gave it to them and said, Drink, this is the blood of the covenant poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. As often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance that these, your mighty acts through Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in the union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of our faith. Christ has died, Christ is risen, and Christ will come again. Father, pour out your Spirit on all of us that are gathered together all over the world and upon these gifts of bread and wine, upon those gifts that are there, make them be for us the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by His blood. By Your Spirit, Father, make us one with Christ, one with each other, one in the ministry to the whole world until Christ comes in His final victory and we feast at His heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with your Holy Spirit in your Holy Church, all honor and glory be yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. And now join me as we pray, as the Lord taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever amen
the bread of Christ broken for you. Take and eat by faith and receive all that he has for you. The blood of Christ, the cup of salvation, may you drink it and receive all that he has for you. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Listen, this is not a time to be worried about those things. This is a time to put our faith in Jesus and to speak to the mountains and speak to the viruses and speak to the fear and declare that God is for me. And now that I know that He is, I can stand. And after having done all to stand, I can trust in Him. Father, I pray today that You would bless and keep each and every person that you would pour out your grace on every home, that you would bring your peace into every life. And the Father, after having done all to stand, we would stand in the sure and present hope of your deliverance. In Jesus' name, amen.